Hello and welcome to the Caleb and Phil Football Podcast. My name is Caleb. I will be solo hosting today. If you haven't already listened to Phil's half of the podcast, uh, let me just tell you that our weeks have been a little crazy here. We haven't been able to connect up, so we each are hosting our own separate halves this week. So if you haven't listened to Phil's yet, make sure you go ahead and give his half a listen as well. So... He talked about the news and notes of the week. I'll be getting into the week three review, so let's get to it. First up, we got Washington upsetting number 11, Michigan State 39-28. to This was old uh, Big Ten foe Michael Penix Jr. leading the way with four touchdown passes, three of them to Jalen Polk. They uh, dominated pretty much this whole game. They led 22 to nothing in the second quarter. Michigan State tried to attempt to come back, but they that comeback fell just short for them as they were not able to hold on. So good result here for the Pac-12, getting back to it a little bit. And Michigan State, that was the first loss for a Big Ten East team this year. Every other team in the Big Ten East is 3-0, so... Conference game, non-conference games don't matter quite as much, at least in the standings, but still an impressive start for the Big Ten East. Next up, we got number 25, Oregon, beating number 12, BYU, 41-20. And Bo Nix giveth and Bo Nix taketh away. We saw the bad Bo Nix in the Georgia game where they got blown out. We saw the good Bo Nix here as he had five touchdowns, two passing, and three rushing to go along with zero turnovers. And that's how Oregon pulls this one out. BYU, I feel like they did the exact same thing to me last year. I... I picked them to lose early on in the season when they were an underdog or the lower-ranked team. They pulled off the upset, and then I bought into them the next week when they lost their first game of the season. Same thing happened here. They beat Baylor last week when I didn't pick them. Now I picked them to beat Oregon, and of course they lose. So I feel like I'm very bad at picking BYU games. Maybe I should just go with the opposite of my, my gut instinct next time for a BYU game. All right, the next top 25 matchup we have here, we got number 24, Texas A&M, rebounding after their loss to Appalachian State last week. They beat number 13, Miami, 17-9, low-scoring game here. And Texas A&M with a bunch of different quarterbacks on the roster. They decided to go with Max Johnson over Haynes Kings this week, and it worked out well enough. Only 50% completion and one touchdown pass, but defense held up, held Miami to without a touchdown. So, you know... Not, you can't be too excited if you're Texas A&M, only scoring 17 points. Offense still doesn't look good, but the defense came around, showed up t- this past weekend, Saturday night. So maybe they can still be a factor in the SEC West, but I think feel like their offense has got to get a little bit better or significantly better if they want to compete with the Alabamas and the like of the rest of the SEC West this year. Staying in the SEC, we got number 18, Florida. Just getting by in-state rival USF South Florida, 31-28. to Back-and-forth game. Looked like South Florida might have been able to pull this one off, but Trevor Etienne of Florida's running back gets the go-ahead touchdown with about five minutes to go. USF has a chance to tie it with a late field goal attempt, but that was botched. Missed field goal there. Seems 
man, college kickers are just so. Uh, this one wasn't even completely the kicker's fault. I don't fault. I don't believe, but still, tough, tough way for South Florida to almost pull off the substance. And the reason they were in this game was because Anthony Richardson was bad again. Man, he looked great against Utah that opening week when they pulled off that great victory. Since then, he has not been good. They lose last week. Barely get by this week as Anthony Richardson throws two interceptions against South Florida. But uh, they're going to need better quarterback play if they want to compete in the SEC East this year, similar to Texas A&M. Next game, we got number 19, Wake Forest, just barely surviving Liberty 37-36. to Liberty scored a touchdown late just over a minute to go, but the, they won for two, and it was stopped. They won for the win, which I do like going for the win in that situation when you're the big underdog. But with over a minute to go, uh, it's it's a little tough because if you go for the tie, I don't know that you're kind of playing for overtime. With over a minute to go now, Wake Forest has the incentive to kind of go for it if um, with going with a two-point conversion in there, so... I don't know. With uh, with over a minute to go, if you just tie the game, maybe Wake Forest plays for the tie as well. Then you go to overtime and take your chances there. I don't know. Don't hate it. Don't love it. But um, either way, it fails. Hartman played an okay game here. Three touchdowns with two interceptions as he tries to work his way back from that scary blood clot he had during the offseason. So hopefully he can continue to improve. Finally, the craziest finish of the weekend with college game day on there uh, on site in Boone, North Carolina, Appalachian State stuns Troy 32-28. Looks like Troy has the upset, the big upset victory over over you know the big time big time teams down there in the Sun Belt Conference. But Hail Mary tipped up to the to the wide receiver Christian Horn there. He catches it about the five, runs around into the corner of the end zone and scores. Chase Bryce, who's been around for a long time, big-time Clemson recruit back in the day. I think he was at Duke maybe for a little bit. Now he's here at Appalachian State, and they pull off a huge win for them. So um, as we before, just before we get into the Big Ten review, see uh, kind of my old college weekend, at least compared to week two where we saw upsets left and right. Not as many upsets here. Uh, top 10 teams, none of the top 10 teams lose. Most of them win by comfortable margins. So a little back to, to normalcy here, but hopefully we're still in good for a good college football season. All right, let's move into the Big Ten. The highly, the other highly ranked teams, other than Michigan State and Michigan and Ohio State, they roll <clears throat> beating Toledo 77-21 for Ohio State, UConn 59 nothing for Michigan. So... Nothing really to see there. Neither with Minnesota as they crush Colorado 49-7. Wisconsin gets a rebound win. They beat New Mexico State 66-7. And Iowa, who knew they they found out that you could score offensive touchdowns. They scored three this time as they shut out Nevada 27-0. Mickey Joseph, his debut, coaching debut for Nebraska, does not go well as they get crushed by Oklahoma 49-14. Um... You know they they were a little a lot more competitive last year against Oklahoma, only lost by a touchdown. So it's going to take some time here for Nebraska to be rebuilt if they ever can get back to that to their top dominant status. 
Bit of a stunner here. Southern Illinois beats Northwestern 31-24. Northwestern has not looked good since they returned from their win in Dublin, Ireland. Four turnovers in this one. Three for Helensky. Two interceptions and a fumble as uh, he seems to have regressed since that game as well. And a bit of a rough spot here for Northwestern. See if they can get it turned around as they return to Big Ten action soon. The offense came alive late here in this game for Syracuse versus Purdue. 32-29 win for Syracuse, so Purdue's second loss of the season already. There were 42 points scored in the fourth quarter after this 19 of the first three quarters combined. Um, I thought Purdue was going to win this one. I was surprised they were the underdogs, even though this game was in Syracuse. and Back and forth game, Purdue unable to pull off the victory and slow down the Orange. Rutgers goes to 3-0. They beat Temple 16-14. A very tight, low-scoring game there. And with the win, Greg Schiano is the winningest coach in Rutgers history with his 80th victory with the program across his two different stints with the team. Maryland also gets the 3-0 as they get by SMU 34-27. to And they do this despite racking up 15 penalties. You won't be able to do that as you get into some of the tougher teams against the Big Ten. So they got to clean that up, but good start again for Maryland. And then it looked like Western Kentucky, our Hilltoppers, were going to get their first ever win over a Big Ten program, previously 8-0-8. They, they had Indiana on the ropes, but a couple turnovers in the second half, missed field goal, and they were not able to pull out the victory as Indiana escapes 33-30 to in overtime as they beat Western Kentucky for the second consecutive season. All right, that's all the Big Ten teams other than Penn State, so let's get into our Penn State review. All right. Week three review, they go down to Auburn. First Big Ten team ever to play at Jordan-Hare Stadium, Auburn's home stadium. Ohio State played them at a different stadium um, a long ways back, a 0-0 tie, but the first Big Ten team ever to travel down to Auburn, Alabama, and they get the victory 41-12. to Big win. And we're going to start with the running backs this time because they we finally have a running game again at Penn State. Nick Singleton is that guy. Just 10 carries again, the same as last week against Ohio. So there's clearly trying to limit his work, but over 100 yards, two touchdowns for him in this game. Keytron Allen, the other two freshmen, also two touchdowns in this one. They're just making big play after big play, both of these guys. Singleton already has five different 40-yard rushes in these last two games. Penn State had a total of two of those rushes all of last season. So, yes, I do believe the run blocking is improved this season, but the biggest difference, I do believe, is the the talent here at the running back position. Devin Ford and Kevon Lee are nice players, good to have as your third and fourth running backs, but Nick Singleton is an alpha running back, and he is showing that despite being a true freshman on this team. Kevon Lee did leave this game with an injury, but he returned later on, so seems like all is well with that. Sean Clifford, finally with a running running attack uh, to accompany him, played within himself, no turnovers, nothing too spectacular from him on this day. I believe he had another rushing touchdown on this one, no passing touchdowns. That's all well and good, and if you would have told me that Drew Aller and Christian Veu would get some action in this one, 
even though I was confident Penn State would win this game, that's still very impressive that they were able to get both of their backups into this game to get some action. Not too much for either of them, but still glad to see that they get some experience down there. On to the wide receivers and tight ends. Brenton Strange led the way today. Eight catches in this one. He also had a good game against Auburn last year. Probably his best game, best two games of his career might be the two Auburn games the last two seasons. So they clearly seem to have some sort of matchup advantage against the tight ends that they like uh, in this matchup. So... Not too much from Parker Washington and Mitchell Tinsley in this one, but again, you didn't really need them with the running attack and with Strange coming coming in and playing so well today. So um, we know they have the talent. They've looked good. We know they've looked good this season and in previous seasons. So it's good to see that you know, that we have those players, obviously. But I think uh, hopefully they'll be able to step it up when we need it more in the coming weeks um theo johnson was able to play in this one no targets but he did play a little bit so that was good to see he warmed up for the first time and then was able to get on those pads and jersey hopefully he's be able he'll be able to be more of a factor in the next these next couple of weeks as he recovers from whatever was uh, holding him back and then in the trick play department, Keandre Lambert-Smith had a 25-yard pass to Sean Clifford. Sean Clifford's first career collegiate reception. Cool to see. Good to get that some of that trickery in. Uh, just something to think about for other teams. Another good game for the offensive line is zero sacks allowed, 6.3 yards per carry on the ground. So good pass protection and run blocking in this game. I believe they had zero sacks allowed in the Auburn game last year. So, again, it must, it must just have a good matchup against Auburn. Um, the, I saw an article that was pointing out uh, Fashanu, the left tackle, really good game against a future NFL player there for the edge for Auburn Hall. Um, so he might not be a first-round player Hall, but it seems like he could be a day-two guy, second, third-round pick. So... Fashanu holding up against someone of his caliber is good to see, and hopefully that can translate into the the guys we'll see against Michigan, Ohio State, and other strong defenses in the Big Ten. Speaking of defense, we'll get to the defensive line, and they finally had their breakout performance. Six sacks from diff, um, six different players, two of those being strip sacks that the team recovered from more recoveries. Not all of them were from the defensive line, but still um, good to see. Uh, Chop Robinson had one. I thought it was the best game of Adisa Isaac's season. Uh, maybe his career since he missed last season with the – they said it was an Achilles injury. So Achilles injuries are, have been very tough throughout history. We're seeing that in the NFL with some of these guys, James Robinson, Marlon Mack, Cam Akers, all trying to come back from Achilles injuries to varying levels of success. So hopefully um, Adisa Isaac can keep that explosiveness and be a good player for us this season. First sack for of the career for Danny Dennis Sutton, the another true freshman making a big impact on this team. So yeah, man, this this uh, 2022 recruiting class is as advertised so far. Good to see. Um, last year, uh, Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter, the two running backs. Uh, they seem to have a really good game against us. We're able to keep the game close this year, not as much. 3.3 yards per carry allowed total for the running backs. 
Uh, no rushing touchdowns for either of the two guys. Jarquez Hunter did get a receiving touchdown late in this game, but still had those, held those two guys in check. And with TJ Finley and Ashby not playing too well at the quarterback position, it was, it was easy to see why Penn State only allowed 12 points in this game. Chop Robinson was the top Power 5 rated defender by PFF this year. So, like I said, uh, great to see how he transferred over and has made it a great impact for this team. On to the linebackers, Abdul Carter is definitely deserving of wearing that number 11. I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Micah Parsons, who's off to a terrific start in the NFL this year, four sacks in two games. But, man, he is just a great linebacker. Curtis Jacobs, I thought, also played very well in this one. Hopefully we can get those two guys on the field more often together. Those two are the two best, I think, at that position. So let's get them on there, even if they're the same. Mike linebacker or Will linebacker, whatever specific linebacker position they are, we just need to get those two guys on the field more because they're the ones that can make impacts. To the defensive back field position, finally we got our first interception of the year. It happened to be two of them. Zicky Wheatley, the turnover machine from spring training or from spring practice, um, he got the forced fumble against Purdue that made a big-time impact. He gets the first interception. Jair Brown also gets an interception in this one as he kind of faked rushing the passer. It was able to sneak out back and get the interception as well. So uh, two big-time playmakers making big plays. On to the special teams. Good rebound game from Pinninger, 7 for 7 on his uh, attempts between extra points and field goals. And that also was a 48-yard field goal, which is just one yard shy of his career long of 49. Um, Last week in his press conference, James Franklin said that Sanders Sahedak will kick any field goal from 52 and plus. So similar to what we've seen in the past with Jordan Stout, where they split the difference right around a 50-yard line mark. Sahedak must have the stronger leg. Um, So... Maybe we'll get to see him kick out a long field goal here at some point this year. Um, we On the coaching side, we mentioned third downs previously, 5 for 11 on the week this time. So definitely an improvement over the 31% through the first two weeks. And I believe it was 4 for 7 in the first half. So when the game was really close, even more than 50%, which is good. Obviously, it's an improvement, but we need to stay, sustain this as we get closer to the, the meat of the Big Ten schedule. Uh, as we move on to week four, Penn State returns home as they play Central Michigan, noon Eastern on the Big Ten Network. They met one time previously in 2005. Penn State won that one. And Penn State moved way up in the rankings this week, up to number 14 in the AP poll, 15 in the coaches poll. And so I think it is well-deserved. I know, like I said, not a lot of teams lost this week in the rankings, but Penn State, a win at Purdue, a Power 5 team, a win at Auburn, another Power 5 team. So two of their three wins on the road against Power 5 teams. So not only undefeated, but uh, probably more difficult strength of schedule than many teams. So good to see them being rewarded for that. As we move on to who you got this week, rough week for Phil, four and five. I went six and three. So I take a 16 to 15 lead. Um, as we move into week four picks this week, still very close. Anyone's match 
I'm sure this will come down to the wire as it usually does. First game, we got Florida International at Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky, big 31-point favorites. I will be taking Western Kentucky this one. No surprise. Hopefully they get the rebound here. They get a much easier opponent. Hopefully uh, that Indiana loss doesn't linger too much and they can pull out this victory. Next game, we got number five, Clemson, against number 21, Wake Forest. Uh, Clemson has won 13 straight games against Wake Forest as they play basically every season, playing together in the same conference. Oh, man, if Sam Hartman didn't have that blood clot issue and got his full practice and full warm-up time in, I think I might have taken Wake Forest in this game, and I still think they have a good chance to win this one, but I think i got to take Clemson. Uh, Sam Hartman continues to work back, work out some of these, get, you know, get some of that rust off, basically. So I will take Clemson to eke by in this one. Next game, we got number 20, Florida at number 11, Tennessee. Tennessee is the 11-point favorite despite Florida winning five straight matchups against Tennessee. Uh, it just This game just depends on which Anthony Richardson shows up. If the good one shows up, Florida can easily win this one. But I think on the road, I'll take Tennessee and their high-scoring offense. Hennon Hooker, great season again. I think they'll be able to score way too many points for Florida to keep up in this matchup. Staying in the SEC, another top 25 matchup. We get number 10, Arkansas at number 23, Texas A&M. Texas A&M is a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home, so don't believe in Arkansas that much, I guess, the Vegas books. Arkansas is 42-33-3 and all-time against Texas A&M. Um, I'm going with Arkansas on this one. I just don't believe in Texas A&M's offense. I don't think they'll be able to score enough points. Got a low-score game in this one, but I will take Arkansas to uh, emerge victorious. Moving on to the Big Ten, a big one here. 3-0 Maryland against 3-0 number four Michigan. Michigan favored by 16.5, and they are 9-1 all-time against Maryland. Six wins in a row against the against the Terps. Um, Michigan... Obviously, 3-0, they've destroyed their three opponents they've played so far this year, but they haven't played anyone. Colorado State is terrible. UConn is the only team, I think, that has a win among the three opponents they've played so far, and that was just against an FCS team. Michigan hasn't played anyone, so we don't really know. They've obviously lost. They lost Nina Hutchinson, David Ojabo, switched the quarterbacks here. So this is... The first game, I think, that Michigan gets to prove how good they are this year, and I think they will win. This is the game. I feel like Maryland can keep it close, but this also feels like one of those games where Maryland, like, oh, they're 3-0, they're off to a great start, and then they just lay an egg, and they could. I could see them losing to Michigan by, you know, 28, 30 points, something like that as well. On to the Big 12. We got number 17, Baylor, at Iowa State. Iowa State is a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and this line has moved considerably. When I first put this up on Monday, Baylor was a one-point favorite. Now Iowa is the home favorite in this one. And I'll go with the, with the sports books on this one. I'll say Iowa wins this one. It pulls off the upset in terms of the AP poll ranking. Fill one with Baylor. So here's a difference we got in this one. Baylor is 11-9 all-timers. Iowa State they have split the last six matchups. So this is a pretty even battle since both these teams are in the Big 12. I'll take Iowa State to get it one, one inch closer to being a tie all-time series. Moving out west to the Pac-12, we got number seven USC, a six and a half point favorite at Oregon State. USC has dominated the series, winning 63, 12, and four all time against Oregon State. But Oregon State did win last year. Oregon State, I think, is a dark horse Pac-12 team. 
title contender this year, but USC's offense has just been way too good. They've been forcing turnovers on defense, even if they haven't given up a lot of yards. So maybe if they don't get the turnovers, Oregon State can hang around in this one, but I think USC will be able to outscore uh, the Beavers in this game. The surprise 3-0 versus 3-0 matchup of the weekend, Duke at Kansas. No, this is not a basketball pick'em. This is a football pick'em. Both teams are 3-0. Kansas is an eight-point home favorite in this one. Duke did win 52-33 to when these teams met last year, but I'm a believer in Lance Leopold. I think Kansas will pull us off. Kansas gets to 4-0, and them being off to their best season in a very long time. Kansas's over under on the season was two and a half wins. They're already over that. So that's, they're already off to a great success on the season. They haven't been ranked. I, think, I believe Kansas has the longest drought of being ranked in the top 25 among power five teams. So getting this win, maybe they get back into the top 25 for the first time in about 15 years. Finally, we got central Michigan at Penn state, Penn state, 26 point favorites in this one. Uh, no doubt I'm taking Penn State in this one. I got a winning 45-10. to 10. Manny Diaz's defense, they've been giving up some yards. They've been giving up a lot of, I guess, medium plays in that 10 to 30 range. They've been giving up uh, some good plays, but they get stops when they need to. This team seems to just thrive in the red zone. They love to get the stops, force the field goal, get turnovers like they finally did last weekend. So I think they're able to hold Central Michigan down, and I can see another, you know, two, three big runs from Nick Singleton in this one. Um, Hopefully you get out to a big lead early and we get more Drew Aller action, more Christian Veyer action in this game and Penn State moves to four and oh. Well, thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for uh, continuing to check us out. Hopefully if you haven't already, go take again, go take a listen to Phil's podcast um, he dives into the news of the weekend. He gives his thoughts on the Penn State, how they did. I haven't listened to it yet, so I don't know if we agreed a lot, if we disagreed a lot um, on this week's uh, win over Auburn. I'm guessing we had a lot to agree on since it was a pretty easy victory. Hopefully, we we both get, hopefully we both have great picks this week on who you got. And until next time, go Penn State.